from Burbank, California. It's another episode of Ken Goes Live tonight. Robbie Smith checks in with some thoughts on buff men and short shorts. Ken welcomes his best buddy in the world, Matt Key. And we hang out with all of you. And now here's your host, me, Ken Napsock. Hey, friends. Welcome to the third episode of Ken Goes Live. This is my show, bathed in pink and purples and whites and blacks, in which I hang out with all of you. That's right. We have got, uh, well, actually, that's a, uh, Ikaika, this is a Sherbert shirt, huh? It looks pink in real life, but. This, in this real life, this shirt is bright, bright pink. But you see, this color down here is actually 93% magenta. Did you did you know that, Ikaika? Mm-hmm. You told me uh, two weeks ago. You listen to me. Uh-huh. Am I the only one you hear, hear that you listen to? I mean, you, you don't yell at me, so I'll listen to you. <laughs> uh, we have got a great show, as I mentioned. My uh, One of my best friends of all time. If you keep, do, are, do you keep records like that in your mind? Like where you rank the friends, your best friends of all? That's what I'm asking you, crowd. Do you do that? I know best friend is a weird concept, especially when you get to my age. 62 is a weird time to be keeping uh, track of your best friends. But this this guest here coming up here today is one of my best friends of all time. We're, we're uh, creative writing partners. Uh, by, by that, I mean we just now just get together and share poems. Uh, and uh, we've worked on a lot of things together, and we're going to have a, a fun conversation. Uh, and also, uh, we're going to uh, get to a wonderful Robbie Minute here today. That's right. The Robbie Smith Minute goes on. Another uh, one today, one that's very close to his heart. A little housekeeping as we always start uh, up top. Uh, we uh, Details still common. Stand by on a, a live show at Jam the Van, August 21st. Uh, we're working on that. Uh, look, the state of the, the world, I have my mask right here in my pocket. Yeah, you know, we're tracking some things. We're tracking if it's uh, safe and uh, sound uh, for us to do live shows with all of you there. Don't forget, this is a show that you can attend in, in person if you're in, in the Los Angeles area or you want to travel out. Or you can buy a live stream ticket to and watch from the comfort of your own couch. So stand by for those details as well. Don't forget, we have podcasts. That's right. The Good People Association podcast feed is up and running. This show is available as an audio version if you so choose, uh, we have the Positivity Report, Josh Brady, Riley's Cantina on there. And yes, we keep saying it, but we're not lying. We're keep, we keep saying it. We've got other podcast kind of exclusive shows uh, or exclusively podcast shows. You know what? I'm drinking tap water today. You going to blame me for stumbling over sentences? Ah, you know, what do you want from me? This is the glamorous life we got here in Burbank. By the way, Burbank tap water, rated one of the best, just like Matt Key one of the best. Uh, so uh, look for those podcasts. Also, I want to hear, uh, hereby announce, hereby, I, I didn't make a graphic for it, okay, so don't worry. Uh, my podcast, uh, the Casterly Talk, which is a Game of Thrones and Song of Ice and Fire podcast, uh, wonderfully named by the wonderful Lon Harris, Rachel Cushing, Andres Cabrera, Thomas Risling, uh, Michelle Boyd, a lot of people like that, appear on the podcast regularly. It is not done. We were right smack dab in kind of the middle of this big rewatch Going back from episode one of Game of Thrones on, breaking down the themes and the lessons and the connections of each episode. All that's still in place. We're going to be returning. It looks like August 10th, I'll start having new episodes out, and you can find the new podcast feed out there. Look for it. We had to do this thing. We had to do this like kind of complicated uh, uh, podcast redirect, which shouldn't be that complicated, but it ended up being 
kind of complicated. People checking in live in the chat. Uh, Laserbolt asking if I <laughs> if I am Sonny Crockett or Ricardo Tubbs. Both. A little bit of both. Sean Sullivan. Sully's here. Ken looks wonderful in pink and black. It's a pink and black attack. Jennifer Murrow is in chat as well. Everyone say hello to the great Jennifer Murrow. Um, We have uh, reached the top of uh, the show, so we can't hit that graphic, and I'll take a drink of water. This, my friends, is the top of the show. All right. Uh, As always, I have some... uh, Often unprepared thoughts, things that are on my mind, things going on in the world. I think because I'm broadcasting here on Thursday, I'm late to this conversation. The Olympics are going, and I'm an Olympics fan. I haven't really watched much this year, but I grew up watching the Olympics, appreciating the Olympics, and I'm a sports fan. And I'll start my conversation with this. I think sports and competing in sports, uh, young age to one out. Do you want to go play dodgeball right now? Let's go. I think competing in sports is a valuable thing that teaches great lessons, including uh, sticking with it, reaching your goals, working hard to reach your goals, how to deal with failure. A great baseball player fails seven out of ten times. I love being a baseball coach. I really believe in the lessons of sports. But we are having a conversation in the country, even in the world this past week, of uh, what we ask of our athletes, what we demand of our athletes, what we think about them when they express things like uh, human emotions uh, and take a little bit of a pause to take stock of themselves and do what's good for themselves. Of course, we are talking about uh, the situation going on in uh, the Olympics right now with the gymnastics uh, uh, squad, Simone Biles, uh, one of the greatest of all time. Decided to hey, I'm going to sit some stuff out. Uh, I'm going to do what's right for me, but what's also I feel is right for my team. And this uh, started a absolute. Uh, I don't even want to use the word discord, uh, discourse, uh, it, it, or probably conversation that happened in Discord. It just it just exploded as all things do. Now, as I said, I'm late to the party. Uh, I, I I don't have anything that I'm going to say about the specific situation that's brand new to the conversation. Uh, I don't think professional athletes, performers owe us anything other than the entertainment that they provide at the time, uh, other than uh, what we see on the TV screen. But if they want to step aside, say Jim Brown from the National Football League, Barry Sanders from the NFL, CM Punk from the WWE about 10 years ago, if they want to walk away because of things going on inside, things going on around them, or just because they want to try something new, that's their choice. That's a given. I don't think that's brand new to the conversation. I just think I'm finding it uh, a little exhausting that these conversations uh, pop up and the the conversations go go to this uh, disingenuous doesn't even take it in effect for me. It just becomes these silly, ignorant talking points to say, ah, she's given up, all these kind of things. And it's not about Simone Biles anymore. It's about us giving attention to these people who are not coming to the table for any actual conversation. I don't, I'm not the part, kind of person who goes on Twitter anymore, who says much on Twitter, never really, it was a good place for jokes. Uh, but I'm not going to quote tweet. I'm not going to highlight. I'm not going to go engage with anyone there. If if you do, God bless you. Uh, That's that's for you to do. I just why are we giving attention to these absolute blowhards? Because we're we're trying to talk to them and, you know, even even in in insulting ways, we're trying to communicate with them. You couldn't even do a cartwheel. Who are you to tell her what to do? Look, Simone Biles is going to be fine. She tweeted out today that she's very happy with support. She loved hearing the support. She loved knowing that she has value beyond a gymnast. She's got 35 medals competing for 10 years, was part of a system 
in which her and many others uh, were physically and emotionally and sexually abused and the organization hit it. Uh, but she wanted to come back to the Olympics to, to help uh, represent the people affected by this, to stand tall, stand proud. She's already done the work. She's not a quitter. She's never been a quitter. And the conversation also is turning to mental health and, 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 and taking control of your own life and taking, uh, having agency, uh, uh, having control of your own narrative. Something that's why I love the movie Black Widow. It's about young women taking control of their own story. It's a pretty powerful theme, I think. A lot of what's going on is conversation being led by people who love to fight change. I ask yourself this. All change comes pretty fast. Not all change is great. There's good discussions. There's nuance to have. We're not going to get that online. But why are we consistently engaging with people who absolutely relish the idea of fighting change? Are you going to be that type of person? Are you out there currently that type of person who looks around the world and says, ah, I'm the one that's right. All this change going around me is something I'm not going to engage in. In fact, I'm going to attack it. That seems to be more of the problem. It's not an honest conversation. Something going on there. Let's stop giving it the spotlight it deserves. I'm even probably giving it too much of a spotlight right now. This was the type of week for it because, well... Over the last week as well, a fun little uh, reimagining of a classic cartoon emerged. That's right, Kevin Smith's He-Man. Oh, look at that sexy man riding in his fur underpants on a big, strong cat. Yes, this was also part of the conversation as well. How dare the sanctity of He-Man be destroyed? By the way, I know a lot of He-Man fans. In fact, we're not done having a He-Man conversation here today on the show. It's, it's going to be popping up again. It's the same type of thing. We try to fight a lot of this discourse or fight the conversation with uh, reasoned, measured uh, conversation or talking points. Uh, that's not what they're there for. The people trying to tear this down just want to watch the world burn as they fight change time and time again. And I know because I used to be someone who would fight change as well. I've been looking at my Facebook memories a lot. I'm not on Facebook a lot, but I've been having a lot of fun. In fact, there's some memories that popped up of me and my guest today. Boy, did we both look different. But I've also been looking at some of my old status updates, and they were about me being afraid of the changes going on around me and being afraid of the changes going on in the world, which, by the way, fear is a normal thing. We all can have the conversations. We all can find the best way to move forward. But to sit there on your porch in a rocking chair with a shotgun ready to shoot and anyone trying to change the world around them is part of the problem for me. So, hey, that's all I got on the subject. I'm just one dumb man in a ill-fitted suit jacket, uh, in a sort of pink shirt, and a cotton mouth because Burbank's tap water isn't quite doing its job. I don't have any particular insights. I don't have any particular beautiful things to say on it. I'm just looking at this world this week and saying, why are we giving the spotlight to the people so willing, so eager to fight the change going on around them? I don't know. That is the top of the show. All right. We are almost to our guest. But as I said, we're not quite done yet talking He-Man. That's right. Ikaika, cue it up. We got the return of the Robbie Minute. There are three things that you can guarantee in life. Death, taxes, and people being triggered over stupid shit and becoming harbingers of hate. <laughs> I'm a grown-ass adult and this cartoon is threatening my masculinity. 
But what do you do when those annoying voices out there start barfing negativity into the void and try to steal your bees? I'm threatened by a strong female character in a cartoon. <laughs> there are three ways of coping with butthurt personalities. You can engage, but that's seldom helpful. You can get upset and let it ruin your day, but that's just letting them win. Or you can go on enjoying your life and the things that you love. In today's story, we learned that only you have the power to control what you take in in your life. As far as I'm concerned, all of the trash talkers, clickbaiters, and peace stealers, well, they can just quack right off. Until next time. I have reached a level, and I'm never coming back from it. Robbie Smith, once again, you're my hero. The Robbie Minute, every week or every episode here on Cat and Goes Live. All right, let's do, let's, let's bring in my guest. He is a talented writer, a sketch performer, comedian, philosopher, podcaster, all around great chap. He's also great at parties. Please welcome my friend, Matt Key. Yay, big applause, big applause, big applause. Hey, 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 how you doing? How you doing, Matt? Good. You're so tall. Good. Yeah. Is this where I talk? Yeah, get right up on that. This is great. This is great. You're just, uh, man, I miss you. Did I do, did you I did do great. it right? No, you yeah. did great. We were going to have fun with an awkward intro. That's what we were, that wasn't that's awkward? What we're, that's what we were trying to do today. No, we were like, let's be awkward. Um, that, that felt pretty awkward you to know, me. You, you know why? Because uh, I, uh, I had a busy week, and I'm starting the show complaining, but I couldn't really produce the show this week. I was up to 1 a.m. working on a pitch for something else, and uh, I was like, uh-oh, I got a show tomorrow. <laughs> but you know what? It's Matt Key. Yeah. We'll do it. fine. Hey, we're buddy. Fine. Hey, buddy. It's good to see you. Caleb in chat says, Dr. Strange himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to, we'll have to adjust the camera angle. You look like, uh, you're so, I told the Kaka, oh, yeah, no, no, you're going to, yeah, do what you need to, okay, but I told the Kaka, I was like, Matt Key is so tall. <laughs> We're gonna have to find a way to fit his hulking frame. Yeah, my my gigantic. Yeah, my <laughs> in six, our own frame. Six five. Yeah. Jed Murrow's in chat says, "My boys." I love I love Jed Murrow. Jed Murrow's the best. Hi, Jed Murrow. Hi, Jed Murrow. Is that, which cam? I, there's two. Cameras. I told you oh, not to pay attention to the cameras. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Just pay attention Sorry. to me. <laughs> Just pay attention to me. But you said Jed Murrow, and I wanted to wave. Yeah, at, well, yeah, we'll wave it. Toodles. I, <laughs> Sean, Sean Sullivan with Super Chat says, Mackie is the greatest person I can randomly run into at a Southern California comic convention. Let's start I, there. I appreciate that. Let's Thank start you. There. Okay. You give, I, I almost said too much of yourself. That's not what I meant, or the, the question. You give so much of yourself to any human, human you interact with. Starting conventions, I've seen you interact with a listener of the Marvel Movie News podcast. Uh -huh. You used to do all the things, uh, the Wednesday Club. Uh -huh. And... Brittany, your wife and I will come back and like two hours later, you're still talking with them. Yeah. Where does that come from? Uh, <laughs> I don't mean that. Yeah. No, Where does it no, come from? I, I, you know, I, I, I think that it is like if, if someone is like uh, has watched anything that I've created, mm -hmm. uh, I want to like I, I feel like I'm sort of like saying like, hey, like it's it's I'm grateful for them. Like I'm grateful for them 
engage like I, anything mm-hmm. that I've ever put out, I I see as generating a, a conversation. Yeah. But since I'm on this side of the camera, I don't really get the chance to converse unless like it's online, like with chat yeah. or whatever. So there's an element of like, oh, if you're watching me, then we if you've watched me, then I see us as mm-hmm. like we're on friendly terms and I want to you know who know. you are. I want to know who you are. Like, yeah. I want to hear your theories. I want to I want to engage you mm. in the same way that you've engaged with me, albeit yeah. like, you know, through like for, mm. with the distance of a camera. But, you know, like beyond that, I also think that there's um, I <laughs> you, you were talking uh, in your top of the show, top of the show, then top of the show. Uh, about is that, um, wait, is that a good sketch character? Top yeah. of the show, man. Top of the show, man. I'm top of the show, Pete. <laughs> top of the show, Bailey. Uh, uh, you were talking yeah. at the top of the show with um, people like resisting change and mm. all of these other things, and I think that a lot of that comes from not being able to see the person across from you as yeah. legitimately human and mm-hmm. legitimately like afraid of the same things as you are and hopeful of the same things as you are and dealing with the same things that you're dealing with. I think all of us gets in our own heads so much about what our story is that we fail to engage with other people about what their story actually is. Yeah. And we talk our story at them and then they talk our story at us. And I'm, I'm trying to just say like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah. You're a human being, and just because I have had a couple of like relatively successful shows online, like mm-hmm. we're still both just humans. Like that, yeah. that would be like a, a lot of what I would say whenever people would like come up. Oh my god, your Marvel movie news or your Wednesday Club. I, I'd be like, Look, I, I'm a dude who reads comics. Yeah, like I just happen to be able to do it on camera and talk about it. You know, yeah. so yeah, that's that's the only difference. You know, so I just. I don't know. Like I no, it's a, it's a great starting to point point to who you are, and also to to pull it into the conversation of the world and what what some of the stuff I mean up top. It doesn't, you know, I I, I battle sometimes in my brain with uh, younger generation Gen Z. I, I I love them. I think they're engaged, mm-hmm. uh, I, but also they are so ready to toss me out of, mm-hmm. of onto the street mm-hmm. uh, and move on because every generation does right. Every mm-hmm. generation thinks they created sex. Not true. Somewhere, <laughs> someone's grandma said, "Put it in all the way." Like this is how it happens, right? But but I'm here for what they're doing now. They're engaging this Simone Biles thing, but it, it is about us, uh, you know, looking outside of ourselves, and and and, and the base level of uh, ah, she's a quitter. This isn't Little League. We're not. You know, yeah. this isn't telling your kid go take another swing. This is someone who's put her life into this and and can 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 do or say what she please. And, and and not engaging in that is kind of where you 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 come into the story. Is what I love your perspective on it. We just don't want to look across the table. Yeah, like I, I think that that's like one of the biggest problems is that like I, I feel like we all come to the table saying like, no, but I'm right. I'm the one that's right. Mm-hmm. And I I try to always come to the table and say, well, I have my opinions, but like my opinions are in, incredibly flawed, like mm-hmm. and, and very mm-hmm. in, uh, like fallible. So, you know, I have to assume that your opinions also are. Mm-hmm. So let's find middle ground instead of screaming yeah. at each other. You know, and like so, well, yeah, yeah, and to, like even what I'm talking about top of the show, it's like that that that's not acknowledging other opinions because I get in the Star Wars world. Mm-hmm. Well, I I didn't like Last Jedi, and it's like, yeah, I'm sure you're the one who has a legitimate concern. Mm-hmm. And let's have a conversation. You are also siding with those who are not there to have an honest discussion mm-hmm. about it. They're mm-hmm. there to tear apart the landscape, and that's where I'm starting to draw the battle and have been drawing the battle lines. That's not what you're talking about. You're talking about honest conversation, yeah. honest 
empathy and investment in the person with yeah, you. Yeah, like that's that's the word I've been searching for is, is empathy. Like it's yeah, it's the word everyone's it's on everyone's mind lately. Yeah, well, you know, like I I think that we are. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we're missing a lot of that, and I I feel like a, a big there's I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding of of empathy versus sympathy. Yeah, go into um, it. I th- I think that a lot of people think like that. When you say, "Hey, let's let's empathize with the other side," there they think that I'm like saying, or that we are saying, or, or that the people who are saying let's empathize yeah, yeah. are saying, "Hey, let's let's like give them the benefit of the doubt, or let's let's not dogpile on them, or any like uh, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like like empathy to me is um, very much wearing the other person's shoes and and seeing where they're coming from. So like mm-hmm. if you can empathize with where someone's mindset is coming from where their perspective what their perspective is then you can better engage them to potentially change their mind if you just scream at them mm-hmm. if you're just mad at them if you just like tell them how wrong they are they're not going to listen they're mm-hmm. they're going to dig their heels in and push back and say no you're wrong and then we just keep coming at loggerheads mm-hmm. and like you know like 100% there's a lot of things to be upset about in the world yeah, yeah. you know every second of the day so many things are like, mm-hmm. like last year showed us, uh, there's a lot wrong and there's a lot of conversations that we're not having. Yeah. Uh, and that we are desperate in desperate need of having. Um, so I, I think that if we can both sides approach each other with empathy to try and understand where each other are coming from, yeah. then we can have a better conversation yeah, and and and, and 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 both sides doesn't that isn't boiling that down to political sides. But it's just like any kind of conversation, any kind of any mm-hmm. kind of serious thing uh, uh, of sitting down, and even if it's a rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, and the other thing is, is like, let I I don't understand why people can't let other people have their opinions. You know, like I like I love Doctor Strange. Yeah, like, you do. Uh, like he's my favorite Marvel character. And has been for a long time. And, and has been since I was like 11. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> it, because he got his power from reading. And I was like, I was like that studious <laughs> nerdy kid. <laughs> that's, that's like, that's like talking about tears of nerddom. Uh-huh. That's like you're, you're, you're either high or low on the chart, depending on how you want to oh, look man, at yeah. it. Yeah. I'm already a nerd, but you know what that's even going to make me know? The superhero that's reading the most. Yep. Yep. Like he <laughs> gets his power from like, I've memorized all of these books. I'm like, well, I do that for fun. I could be a superhero. I'm a hero too. I'm a hero too, Dad. Look at me do magic. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, uh, but like, I I really enjoyed the movie. Like, yeah, you know, it's there are flaws to it. You know, I'm not saying that it's a perfect movie, but I am allowed to enjoy that. And yeah. you know, I, it's not like I'm saying like so many people have come at me and be like, I can't believe you love that movie. That's not what I'm saying. But like, mm-hmm. you know, like with you, with like. This, the 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 Star Wars fandom is can be so polarizing and so mm-hmm. bitter mm-hmm. and like I, I can say that like a bit more objectively because like I love Star yeah, Wars you're but not like I'm not, not I'm not like involved in it the way I am with Marvel stuff you know and like you know there are plenty of people who have their opinions on Marvel stuff but that's what I heard <laughs> but I just don't engage with it it's just yeah. like all right well that's your opinion like it's it's cool. Like we're we're allowed to have our opinions. Being able to leave the opinions on the table. Being able. Being. I remember one bad breakup I had. I've, I've been fortunate. I've not had any really bad breakups. Mm-hmm. But the one that was the worst. I remember having to. I was trying to go back and trying to like make. No, I can't have her thinking bad things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. 
And and remember, I remember driving away, listening to One Step Closer by U2 in the uh-huh. rain on Sepulveda uh-huh. Boulevard uh-huh. in 2005. You and I were friends. Uh, and, and just thinking, I, I, I need to l- drive away and not worry about what she's going to think about me. Yeah. I can't control that narrative. Yeah, you can. It's like opinions. I can't control it. I just got to keep driving up Sepulveda, which is a long street. It's a, a long, long street. street. It's a very long street. <laughs> um, uh, part of the thing, one of the things I, I absolutely love about you, and, and I think a lot of people, and, and there's a lot of people in chat who I think uh, they, it, it pours off of uh, off of just you and your essence when you're in a conversation or on a podcast, how much you do give to the situations and, and, and to the people around you, mm-hmm. to the people that you invest in in your life. Uh, it, it's an amazing source of, of warmth and comfort. Uh, where does that come from for you other than the empathy talk, the big conversation? Where does that why, – why do you – why are you so willing to give so much of yourself to your friends and those around you? Uh, I think it's – Because uh, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt you because you're the type that will drop what you're doing and come over to my house. And if you need to pick me up and carry me out because I broke an ankle, you'll do it. Yeah, I I, I think it's – you know, I, I think that love and – like love and grace need to uh, pro- like uh, precede mm-hmm. um, any friendship. Like, yeah. uh, uh, like, uh, like, I mean, even even that's kind of a hard to talk, hard thing to say. Nice. Just it's because, a nice like, poem. W- it's a nice poem. It's you a, nice a nice po- poem there. <laughs> but like, like even that, I would like I would do that, you know, for a stranger. So. But but I, that, I, but that's the thing. You are that type, and not in a not in a demonstrative demonstrative way. There's a lot. There are a lot of people I know who who light up a room, but they do so at the cost of the others in the room, mm-hmm. where they are just people are. They think people are drawn to them only because they're not being quiet enough to hear that no one is. <laughs> uh, where where. So they walk out going, I killed, everyone loves me. Everyone loves me. You didn't listen to them here yeah. that they didn't. Uh, where you, you are very uh, sensitive in a way, like I, I think you, an empath in a, in a way, and, and you invest in, in so many there, and so therefore you are a light, light in the room. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. Yeah. Um, if, if, if you want to know like exactly where it comes from. Claudia Dolphson chat goes, he literally did that for me. <laughs> I did. Hi, Claudia. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, I, so I, I, I think I have to say, like, I was, I was raised Christian, uh, and I, I never wanted to be that Christian growing mm-hmm. up, uh, that was, that took for granted what, like what the, the teachings of, of the Christ, mm-hmm. uh, I never wanted to be that Christian who was like, well, I'm saved, so I'm going to heaven so everyone else can, I'm good. I'm good. I'm like, on the ferry. Fuck you. Get like, your whatever. car on there when you want. Yeah. Like, I never wanted to be that Christian. I always, like, I was always raised, you know, like, to believe, like, that whatever Christ did, I was, it was my job on earth to, to, to emulate to emulate that, okay. um, yeah. you know. So I uh, I went through a series of existential crises after I dropped out of seminary mm-hmm. in my 20s uh, and wasn't didn't know what I believed. And I had a lot of people telling me that like, Hey, like if you're not a Christian anymore, then you have no basis for your morality or ethics. And I was like, I don't feel like that's true. Like I've got plenty of culture to like indoctrinate me in different ways. And I, I, I eventually just kind of came to the conclusion of like, I, I am going to continue to choose to believe in a God that is one of love, Mm -hmm. even though I do not necessarily 
identify myself as Christian. Like I don't yeah, say, yeah. I'm not like, Hey, I'm Christian. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I don't like, I, yeah. I look at that now and I'm like, that actually doesn't make sense to me. There's so many things that okay. I can poke at and be like, here's all the ways that that doesn't make sense to my, right. my theologically trained brain. Uh, but I do like the idea of living a life of love for the other and love. I mean, like love for yeah. yourself, like you have to love yourself too, but like not in a selfish but you're, way. But you and I are going to work on that, right? Love, me, loving ourselves better. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's something I definitely need to work on. Uh, but um, I, I, I like, I like loving other people. Like it just, mm-hmm. it makes the world more fun for me to love other people and to not be upset at other people and to try to like in every sensu in every situation in mm-hmm. every instance to look at life from the other person's perspective. I had, uh, I believe it was my Old Testament professor, uh, Doctor Marty Michelson. Uh, who taught me like people will always make uh, people will always act in ways that make sense to them. Mm. And like, that was like something that like that changed my life mm-hmm. because like, I have to say, well, this person is being mean to me, but why are yeah. they being mean to me? They're like, yeah, yeah. They're, th- their behavior makes sense to them. So mm. if I can understand why they're behaving that way towards me, I can engage them at a better level. Yeah. And just that way of thinking in and of itself like is like sort of like love presenting like mm, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like I, I can't help but love the other person when I look at it from that perspective yeah. so you this is uh, this is wonderful stuff no I, and I love it and, and and the stuff about uh you know I still you know for the most part I identify as Christian because I'm a Yankee fan <laughs> um but like it, I, I'm never gonna. I'm never one to throw the the baby or the deity out with the bathwater. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think what's there's there's a you know the very rocks will cry out in my mind type of thing. And I look at it in Star Wars. A lot every Star Wars story is about light and dark, whether or not it's the Force or not. Every it's about a choice, and it's all prevalent. It's all there to the point where now there's this new. I'm getting to Star Wars talk here. Sure, there's sure. A, there's this new wrinkle of looking at Emperor Palpatine and what he was doing, how he literally was tracking everyone's movements. Uh, on on his staff, so to speak, mm-hmm. in the empire, to find the ones that are most susceptible to to slipping and going to the dark side, going to even not in becoming a Sith, but in fudging a report, yeah. in furthering corruption or suppressing or oppressing, and how it's down to every choice. Yeah. And and uh, and I, I'm fascinated with that because we as Star Wars fans go, well, if, uh, Jedi and Sith, but it's so it's it's the story goes all the way down to the core of just every day light and dark. And you you are someone who realizes that every day there are light and dark choices, even for ourselves inside yeah. our own heads. Yeah, definitely. It, it's it's funny that you say that. Uh, I mean, it's not funny, but like it 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 made me think of uh, a mid century philosopher. I believe her name was um, Hannah Arendt. A-R-E-N-D-T. Definitely. I loved her first album. <laughs> she uh, she came up with the the phrase of the banality of evil. And mm. this so this was like during the Nuremberg trials. Okay. Uh, when they were they were talking to like like some of the Nazis who had like signed yeah. like these are these are people who were like administrators for mm-hmm. like the the camps and all just all that horrible stuff. And she like the point that she was saying was Evil is not like this, like mustache twirling villain. Yeah, like like yeah, it's not that. She said like so much of the evil of our world mm-hmm. is very boring. It's just yeah. being willing to look the other way or to allow like your your morality to lapse for mm-hmm. like the sake of like your national like your your mm-hmm. patriotic nationalism, you know, mm-hmm. or or like so many other 
influences can cause you to look the other way or act in a different way or to act in a selfish way or to act on behalf of the state Mm -hmm. when what you like deep down, you know that you shouldn't be doing that. Right. right. And like that was based on so many of these testimonies that were coming out Mm -hmm. where, where these people were like, yeah, I was, I was just doing my job. And it's like, yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. Like hundreds of thousands of people died because you signed that paperwork. Like that's not just doing your job. Like that's, yeah. There's evil there. There's there's evil. But like their their intention was not to commit evil. Their intention was to just do the work. Yeah. You know, they just did they just didn't stand up for what was right. And yeah, like that's that, sometimes all it takes, you know. So. See, this this is uh so Matt's a deep thinker and I go to Star Wars. Rogue, <laughs> Rogue One, uh the character of Bodhi Rook is a simple truck driver uh-huh. who took a job to get off his planet. And he is uh, impressed upon by Galen Erso to make things right. That simply driving and transporting the weapons of the suppressor is is you're complicit yeah. and and Bodie Rook dies saying the words uh, this makes this makes things right and and I, again I'm 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 a dumb dumb but I look at the space guys uh, but I think it's drawn and that's what George Lucas is looking at and that's the yeah. core of every Star Wars story this is why I love talking Star Wars with you even though you're talking philosophy. <laughs> um, you're an amazing deep thinker, and it's always been the case. Almost, <laughs> Thank almost, you. Oh, but almost to the point of sometimes you want, you, me and your wife just want to slap you upside the head and say, uh-huh. just, just order the taco you want. Um, <laughs> you're not, stop you're talking so to the not, waiter, Matt. You're order so the not taco. wrong. You're so not wrong. Order the taco. <laughs> um, but uh, you did start. When I met you, you were freshly out of seminary school. Uh-huh. I was like maybe a year and a half, two years out of seminary. I met you, what, 2005-ish? You you're doing stand-up comedy. Uh-huh. How do you go? How do you go? Tell the folks, and you, you maybe have said this in other podcasts with me, but sure. to, to the uh, good uh, Ken Goes Live Good People Association audience, how do you go from seminary school to uh, sketch and stand-up comedy in Los Angeles? <laughs> I mean, do you want... So, like, I had always grown up, like, in love with comedy mm. and writing. Yeah. Uh, like, even in, like, high school and undergrad, like, I was doing, like, stupid little improvisational scenes, and I was mm-hmm. in theater in high school, and then in... In college, I was the the lone theater kid uh, at my my private university, uh, Southern Nazarene University in Oklahoma City. Uh, I, I remember getting there and saying like, "Hey, I want to do I want to do one of the school plays." I went to their like their mass communications department. I was like, "I want to be in one of the school plays," and they were like, uh, "Well, we don't have one scheduled. Do you want to direct it?" And I was like, "What, uh, what hmm. do you mean?" And they were like, "Well, we don't have a theater department." <laughs> so for about two years, I was the Southern Nazarene University theater department all by myself as a sophomore and junior. Uh, so like that was always like performance and writing and comedy was always yeah, yeah. kind of my thing. And then when you were just doing it for Jesus, I was just doing, which it I for, did too. Yeah, yeah. I was just doing it for I was Jesus. the head writer of my uh, Nazarene's uh, sketch team. There it is. That's, that's why we're such good friends. Um, but uh, yeah. uh, you know, I, I got, so the taste I, of the performance was there. the taste of the performance has been there mm-hmm. since I was a child, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so I, I I I get into undergrad and I'm theology and philosophy minor, and I start like that. That was like tremendously challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, like one of my best friends in college uh, was this uh, doctor doctor now Dr. Paul Jones of psychology, mm-hmm. uh, and he. Um, I remember talking to him about like, like right outside of our university commons. And he was, you know, I I think it was a a junior or sophomore. And he said, like, how, how do you justify, um, this, like thinking that, uh, people of the LGBTQ, uh, community are sinners, uh, 
like how how can that be? How can you say that in the same sentence as um, uh, God does not like like people of that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people who make that choice? And but also they're born that way. Like we mm-hmm. know that they're born that way. Mm-hmm. We know that like mm-hmm. biologically, genetically, they're born that way. So like God created them. Right. But now God disapproves of them. Like, why would God do that? He was like, you, he was like, there, like, it was basically, he was pointing out my cognitive dissonance yeah. and it challenged me in a way. I was like, oh wait, yeah, you're right. Maybe mm-hmm. there's things in Christianity that I've never considered. And that got me down this road to like engaging it at a much, much deeper level. And then I got into my mythology classes and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the myth of Orpheus and Osiris predate Christ by about a thousand years. And they are almost the exact same story, born of a virgin, like sacrificed for their people. Open for hollow notes. Yeah. Open for. (laughs) Uh, So like I, I go in, like I chose to go to seminary because Mm -hmm. I I, I didn't want to be like a a minister or a priest. I wanted to be a professor. I just like this stuff really uh, was fun for me Mm -hmm. to think about. Um, But it was mainly because I was like, I don't know what I believe. Oh, okay. And I don't know, I don't know what, where to go anymore. Like undergrad was not enough for me mm-hmm. to figure out what I believe anymore. So I went to seminary um, and it was at seminary that I realized like, right. oh, I just, I don't believe this anymore. And that's okay. Right. It's okay for me to question these things, to come up with answers that have challenged me enough that I don't believe this anymore. And for me to acknowledge and admit that and accept that. Right. Now it's my job to be authentic to who that person is yeah. and try to figure out what I believe now. Is this, is this kind of like, if I'm following, is this kind of like when I go to Subway because I don't believe it's a sandwich and I go order to confirm that <laughs> or deny it and I confirm it? it, it, it that it is not a sandwich? That's, that's my, no, that it is for it me. It is a sandwich? It, for me. For you? Sandwich. Subway I mean, is an authentic sandwich journey. Listen, if the postmoderns, postmodernists have taught us anything is that you, you have to be true to yourself <laughs> and that your truth is the only truth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I give it's it the only truth you yeah. can know. Yeah, so you went like, to seek it out again. You were, you know, uh, you didn't want to go teach Sunday school, which if you no, do, uh, that, great, go go for that. Uh, like, yeah, positive like, Sunday school, the little felt when they put the little felt oh, figures, little here's so Joseph great. Arimathea uh-huh. felt figure. I uh-huh. loved that. Yeah, I love, I love that. that. Yeah, so uh, like it wasn't that you wanted to go. I have some thoughts, uh, some questions. I want to go find out. Yeah, like I, I graduated college and like mm-hmm. I graduated college with an existential crisis. So I went to seminary to see if <sighs> I could. Yeah, right. So I went to seminary to see if I could answer those questions. Mm-hmm. And seminary just taught me that I already knew the answers to those questions. I was just unwilling to look at them. Mm-hmm. And it was still a very expensive lesson. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was a good lesson. It was an important lesson for me to learn. And that was. You've known the answers. You've just been denying them. Yeah. You've known these answers. You've just been pushing against them because you don't want these answers to be true. Because if these answers are true, then everything that you've been raised to believe needs to change. And like it's it's hard to it's hard to switch over to a completely different OS. You know, it's very hard. So this last year gave us all a chance to do it fast. I mean, we had in many ways, and that's not a specific issue conversation. I'm not saying I'm not talking about masks. I'm talking about just the last year, how you function and how you interact, and the empathy you put in the world, and what you look and the foundations you stand on, all got whacked with a big sledgehammer. Yeah, we had to figure out: Do you want to engage with the change and find out what you believe who Uh, you are? Yeah, and I, I I think that that's, I think that that's like a tremendously important thing. I, I think it's awful. Mm-hmm. how it happened. And I think it's awful that it's still happening and that there are people fighting against it. Like 
mm-hmm. believe in the science. Like, <laughs> you know, like I, 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 I very strongly stand for believing in the science, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think that we are all grappling with sort of like how, how to be who we are and mm-hmm. in the face of what we are now realize, like how to be who we are in the face of realizing who we've been and who we need to like, who, who we need to yeah. change to be, you know, like one of the things that I loved about Falcon and Winter Soldier so much oh, Marvel nerd. Uh, <laughs> is that, you know, Captain, Captain America is the ideal mm-hmm. of who America could be. And Captain America is who Americans mm-hmm. see themselves as being like Captain America, right. like, like all of the, all of the like, people who were like painting eagles on the side of their vans and like all the people I yelling in America and yeah. like all, all that stuff. And like, but you know, the people who are also yelling about like, the, they think know. Captain America would yell at Simone Biles for quitting. Yes. 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 Like they, they think that Captain America would go down to the border and make sure that like yeah. immigrants were, were, right. you know, immigrating. It's yeah. not fair to say immigrants, uh, uh, but um, the, the people from this, like, like Mexicans and Hondurans mm-hmm. and, and South South Americans were immigrating legally and not illegally or, or whatever. They think Captain and America would be down there. They think Captain America would be down there when in reality it would be John Walker. Like John mm-hmm. Walker, like that, like Mark, Mark Bernardin said it really well on Twitter uh, when he said, Captain America is who Americans think they are and John Walker is who they are. Right. And that's that's a hard truth to grapple with. And I think that we all saw that in spades last year mm-hmm. of – this is who we think that we are. This is the ideal we're trying to live up to. But look at us. This is who we actually are. Mm-hmm. And if we want to be Steve Rogers, we need to stop being John Walker. Yeah. You know. And it's easy to focus on the the the, the 99 Captain America stories and the one John Walker story. It's easy mm-hmm. to ignore and mm-hmm. say that's an outlier. That's what I faced a lot in the last year. Yeah, you know, as someone who worked in the public safety industry, who who has affected hundreds, if not thousands, of arrests and 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 all those kind of things, and and looking at a lot of things that I couldn't deny anymore, because I could give you ninety nine good stories, mm-hmm. but I was ignoring the one hundred, and the one hundred was very 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 bad, very bad, and could very not be avoided. And, and and in my heart, knowing I need to, by addressing the one hundredth story, uh, you know, doesn't necessarily invalidate the 99, but also, but it, but it challenges what I'm standing on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, what, Wyatt Russell, right? Wyatt Ru- yeah, yeah, yeah. Who played John yeah. Walker? Yeah. I mean, come on. If you're a Russell, <laughs> we, America wants to be Kurt Russell. Yeah. Wants to be part of the Russell family. But yeah, no, I, I, I totally take what you're saying. If I love the way you're, 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 quite, you're, you're, you're phrasing that because you're smarter than me. <laughs> I eat Subway that's sandwiches. Not, that's not true. I read a report. Well, no, it, it is true about Subway sandwiches. but it, I, I'll read a report that says Subway sandwich bread isn't really bread. And I'll be like, I'm heading out there to prove it again. <laughs> By golly, I'm going to I'm gonna prove them right or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am eating this Subway for science. <laughs> that's what I say every time. Yeah. Sir, what would you like? I'd like the, the 12-inch sandwich for science. <laughs> Please. Put bacon on it for <laughs> Sir Francis Bacon. Um. 
wonderful deep, uh, deep conversation here, that, and I appreciate. I, I, think I hope a, I'm not saying anything that's like offending people. No, 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 like no, no. I, but like I, I'm, but I'm terrified. But, but of that. it's also the way you convey the message, right? I, I hope so. I have yeah. some tr- I'm, I'm getting upset at some of the stuff in the world right now too, yeah. and and I've uh, been upset at some of you, even breaking it down to some of the Star Wars discourse is dishonest and false as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if someone comes up to me and, and says, "Well, that one plot, that one plot, the Last Jedi didn't go anywhere," I'm like, "You didn't engage with it. You didn't study it, mm-hmm. and you don't know." And I'm not having this conversation with you. Go yeah. believe what you want to believe. It's easy, but it's easy to deliver that message wrong. Yeah. I don't think you're delivering the message wrong. You're delivering it in a thoughtful, contemplative manner that at least allows for the other humans in the conversation and the discourse to exist yeah. and figure it out. Well, speaking of, is there anyone saying anything that I that we yeah. need to be aware of? Yeah, Mike Fink says, get these two guys out of here. No, he says this convo could go on all night and I'd still be here. Oh, that's high. thank yeah. you, Mike Fink. That's very yeah. kind of you. Kingsport Cal says they're having half off of beans and rice at Cheddar's. Kingsport oh. Cal, I'll get out to Tennessee again. Um, <laughs> from there, all this, from the deep conversations and all these wonderful things, you go into comedy, which it's, it's actually, I, I make it's not like I'm making jokes. It, it actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, most comics are not... Or anyone writing, anyone we're not stand up, we're not class clowns. Yeah. We're not the people that again got all the attention. We're the ones in the corner going, That guy's an idiot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've been thinking about this. But it's also what I keep saying, I've even said on the show before, just it's how we communicate. Mm-hmm. I could not get people to look at me, pay attention. Man, woman, dog, or rat. Uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't get anyone to look at me unless I was making them laugh. Yeah. So my laughter isn't silly, pointless things. Occasionally it is. I like a, yeah. I like a good burp joke. Like, come yeah. on. Like, ask Great Grace. jokes are the great. I try, to, I try to see how many pillows I can knock off the couch by burping. I guess it's okay. <laughs> but, like, my comedy now is even more try to be focused of, like, what am I – I'm trying to communicate my thoughts about the world because yeah. that's how people listen to me and that's how I know how to talk. And so for you to carry this deep philosophy into comedy, it actually makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I, I, there's part of me that's like, eh, maybe I should have stayed with stand-up. Maybe I should have, like, pushed forward mm-hmm. on improv and sketch. But, like, I just, you know, it just wasn't doing it for me anymore. So I, I started really more focusing on, like, the new media stuff. Right. You know, like, working with Screen Junkies was great. Working, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, Marvel Movie Marvel News. Marvel Movie News was Wednesday great. Club. Wednesday Club. Uh, we yeah. got... Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, DeVito plays his match show. Key Questions was amazing. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, that's one of my... That is one of my crowning achievements. I, I, yeah. Like that was that was uh, <laughs> that was very much a labor of love. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the Doctor Strange one especially like really. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we uh, thank you. No, I'm gonna dive into some other stuff here first though. I do want to remind you all again. Check out the podcast version of the shows. Just search Good People Association wherever podcasts are podcasted and find out uh, what we're doing. And then. Um, um, uh, and don't forget, uh, we have uh, also got Streamlabs. You can uh, support the show there, support the channel through there, and you can go to the gpa.fun for merch, memberships, and a lot more. We've got some cool things uh, coming our way. We're about to announce a little project uh, that's forthcoming. Uh, also, for me personally, I uh, want to thank anyone who saw me out in Seattle with the great Mark Ellis and Daniel Bridge Gad and Tristan Bowling. I see Mr. McClunky is uh, in chat as well. Got to meet Mr. McClunky out there at the El Corazon Theater. I'm not done telling jokes. Uh, if they'll let me get back up on stage uh, on uh, August 31st, locally in Los Angeles, if you're around, I'm going to be at the Ha Ha Cafe with Daniel Bridge Gad and friends. I'll be there supporting Daniel as he headlines uh, this show out in Los Angeles. If you 
you're local, come on by. It's a 10 p.m. show on a Tuesday night. Late night. Get a drink. Bring a blanket. Let's have some laughs. All right. Uh, Claudia Dolph says, oh, our sketches weren't doing it for you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you were over at Acme, right? Yeah, for I was a long at Acme, time. yeah. You ended up at the Groundlings, Sunday Company, all that kind of stuff, yeah. uh, which is, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that journey some other time when we sure. have four hours. Sure. Um, <laughs> sketch, w- sketch comedy, w- did you, I know, I know you maybe don't do both, but sketch versus stand-up, totally different disciplines. Entirely different discipline, Which yeah. one did you at least feel more at home at? Was it sketch? Sketch, sketch. yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, and like, there's a lot of me that like really wishes that I could go back to sketch. And Connie, it wasn't that the Acme sketches weren't doing it for me. <laughs> I loved that. It was hard to walk away from it, but I really wanted to focus on like my screenwriting and my TV writing. And yes, it still hasn't gone anywhere. But like, at least I've, <laughs> I've written a few okay. more scripts in that way. But we're gonna talk about that. that's one of the themes I want to talk about here today. Uh, thanks everyone for for listening here. Kai, I promise I'll get you. I'll tell Heather you'll be home soon. Uh, I want to get some uh, detailed stuff here on. Uh, uh, dreams and goals. You and I started writing together about mm-hmm. 2006, 2007 mm-hmm. uh, on a great screenplay concept, a superhero concept. Man, it made us a lot of money. We won that Golden Globe. Yeah, it was uh, the we, best. We got hired. Yeah. To, it never happened. It never um, happened. <laughs> we also were working the great Jen Murrow's in chat. Uh, was watching. We working with Jen uh, on, on something over the years too, as well. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. just it's the business. It's how it goes. It it's mon- many things. You and I don't necessarily write as much anymore. I, I kind of was like, hey, I got to get back into broadcasting. You were like, Doctor Strange is coming out. I got to go podcast about it. Um, but but we're not done yet in any means. Mm-hmm. I'm finding myself at 45 years old. I'm finally finding out who I am on a comedy stage. Yeah, which is huge. Yeah, which is allowed. Stand-up's a little different, but writing, uh, the, the game's not over yet. Where are you at right now in terms of never giving up on those goals, which is easy to so, do? So... Uh Last year, I I really started reinvesting in the my education and in like mm-hmm. believing in my uh, ability to actually become a writer and mm-hmm. go on to become a writer and and, and to be and, in a and to be clear, room you've been you've written a lot of stuff, you've been paid to write stuff, yeah. commercial treatments, yeah, yeah, and yeah, all this kind of yeah. stuff. I don't want anyone to think that you've been like holding some clutching some papers over a typewriter. Yeah, no, like I mean, like I've I've done plenty yeah. of stuff. Like yeah, yeah. I, I wrote, I don't know, like two or three thousand sketches probably. Like yeah. I'd like. If, yep. I, if I do the math, I'm just like, oh, my God, uh, mm-hmm. I wrote a lot of stuff, you know, uh, for, for Geek and Sundry, a lot of stuff, you know, for Screen Junkies and, and, and all of that. So, like, mm-hmm. I, it's not like I've just been yep. not working on it. But last year I was like, you know what? Uh, a lot of the new media stuff has kind of like disappeared for me. Uh, I really want to reinvest and refocus on my TV and film writing, especially my TV writing, because it's so much more complicated, mm-hmm. at least to me, than, than film writing. Um, so I started doing classes online for UCLA and we would, you know, meet every, Mm -hmm. every Tuesday night, I think I did a spec, uh, which I was really proud of. Uh, I did a pilot that I'm, I'm really proud of. I'm, I'm working on another pilot now. Um, and where I'm at now is in recognizing the importance of instilling my my perspectives into the scripts and into the series and into the mm-hmm. projects. And I'm really like you, you know, finding yourself and your comedic yeah. voice on stage. I'm starting to find my sort of fictional comedy voice on mm. the page. Nice. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm starting to really find like, oh, like I'm starting to learn how to write about the, these, as you say, deep philosophical thoughts, mm-hmm. but from a the perspective uh, of like narrative or within the medium mm-hmm. of like television, um, yeah. you know, uh, and and really starting to d- try and figure out like what it feel like what it means to 
what it means for a script to be uniquely mine. I'm starting to figure out what that voice looks how, like. How, how does how does that feel at this point? How do, how do, are there moments of aha? Like, you know, stand up is a little more different. You're mm-hmm. going to know. Yeah. You're going to know right away. And it's not just about the laughs. It's how, the whole presentation mm-hmm. and how it's going. You get a little more immediate feedback, which is not always a good thing. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. um, but ha- have you had those kind of aha moments and how those feel for you when you're looking at a page? Yeah, I mean, like I, you know, like I I did a, I did a spec for what we do in the shadows. Mm. Uh, and for those of you who are not necessarily in the know, like I did not write for what we do in the shadows. You wrote a spec for it. I wrote a spec for it. A spec is just like I a speculative. Mm-hmm. If I were to write a what we do in the shadows script, mm-hmm. this is what that would look like. Mm-hmm. Hey, showrunners, do you like this? Right. Um, and I was like genuinely proud of it. Mm-hmm. And like I read it like like front to back. I was like, that reads like an episode to me. Like there's, yeah. I, I can't, I, I do not know how to get better than this. And like I wrote like three drafts of it. Um, and like was genuinely very proud of it. Uh, and then, you know, I let a couple of friends of mine read it who are, are in the business and they came back with like, dude, this is great. And like, mm-hmm. that was, that was it for me. I was like, all right, cool. That's, that script is done. That's it. Now, now that's, I'm moving that's, on. But that's you know? big for you. That's big for you not to get to prepared, but like, I know you have, a, uh, we've written together. We, mm-hmm. we, we, yeah, sometimes you know, so, we, yeah, yeah. I, I think we wrote the fir- first act of that one screenplay 49 times because yeah. it's hard to move past it's it. It's hard to move past it. Particularly for you, for yeah. me as well, and creative, and creative people. Again, it's hard to just leave those opinions behind you as you mm-hmm. drive down the road. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. And I, I think last year I really started to come into my own in terms of, oh, this is what, this is what writing deep, meaningful conversations into mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. television script look like. And now I'm going to have to like, it's wonderful, you know, after I get this other pilot done, like I'm going to pivot to like a couple movie ideas that I have and, mm-hmm. and, and start playing around with those and trying to figure out my voice in those. Love it. Um, but like, that's, that's what it was like for me. And like, I, it's also recognizing like now, like I'm at the point now where a lot of like young writers get to like in their early thirties, like in terms of like, yeah. like they've been writing all of their twenties and now they're like, oh, this is this is yeah. what it looks. And it just took me ten years longer, you know, to to get to that place. Mm. But now that I'm there, I'm like, okay, it's really it's not a matter of any. It's it's nothing else other than just being persistent, being consistent, doing the work every single day, or like f- like mm-hmm. finding the time to do the work every single day, and just keeping at it and making it more of a priority every day yeah. instead of. I I think for like the last. 12 years of my life, it's like, uh, I, I want to be a writer, but I never will be, you know? Yeah, and that, now, and now my, my, my perspective has changed to, oh no, I'm a good writer. Mm-hmm. I'm a good writer. And if I keep at this, I'll become a better writer. And if I continue at it from there, I'll become an even better writer. Yeah. And one of these days but, I'll become a great writer and maybe I'll sell something. Maybe I won't. In the meantime, I'm having a blast just writing the things mm-hmm. because writing them is teaching me more about myself and like teaching yeah. me more about how to be a better person and a yeah. better friend and to love more openly. And yeah. So finally, like, God, you've been one of the biggest jerks I've known. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, no, I love it. I, I and, and it, it truly, it's a, you know, it sounds like a bumper sticker, but it's journey, not the destination. And mm-hmm. it's easy for folks like you and I, not just in the creative endeavor, but maybe you, you've had a, you know, bad marriage and uh, speaking mm-hmm. in general sense of just, mm-hmm. uh, there's real trauma in the world. And there's real trauma in our lives. But I think for folks like you and I, it's easy to look at those 12 to 15 years while you watched other people get it, not just success, but get who they are sooner. Yeah. And you and I could look at the broken, uh, the little broken dreams on the on the sidewalk that we kept tripping over, mm-hmm. and we get so in our head about it, 
but here now going, I'm here now for this reason. For who yeah, I, I, I think it's about changing your perspective to be one of mm-hmm. not broken dreams on the sidewalk, but mm-hmm. dreams that have not yet like come to fruition, but I'm still going to get like mm-hmm. the, 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 the dreams that are on the sidewalk aren't broken. Those dreams got me to here. Yes. And if I continue to move on, I'm going to get even further. And eventually these dreams will like manifest. It's, it's looking back and going all of that. And, and again, I'm speaking in general terms. Yeah. Looking back and going all the, all that has got me here. Not just in a, you know, I needed that broken ankle to get here, but just like, I am now who I am, and now I'm set up for something more that I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. It's, it's not easy. It's, ne- it's and, and believe me, I, this, this, this weekend it was a great weekend, and I came back to just like, yeah, but you know what? I do suck, and, and, and I'm going to fight every day. Mm-hmm. You have to. And I'm not going to talk about depression and imposter syndrome, but all of us in, in your life out there, whatever, what, what, you, what you're dealing with, uh, whatever you are out there watching, it got going on. Like, it's easy to, easy to, easy to trip. It's very easy to trip. It's okay to trip. It's It's, okay to trip. It's okay to trip, and it's important to recognize that it's Mm -hmm. okay to trip, and then to get back up. And Mm -hmm. I, I think that, you know, I got I got some really good psychiatric treatments last year for my depression that's Mm -hmm. helped me uh, stand back up. uh, You you just transitioned. Yeah, you transitioned. Did I did I I do a into the title title of it? Matt Key gets healthy. Let's talk about some of this stuff. Yes. Sure. So you got your, yeah. Got, got uh, just talk about like talk my about, treatments and stuff? Talk about, uh, talk, about the, talk about the pills you're popping, man. No, talk <laughs> about the medications and, and the dealing with some stuff. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. And some of the challenges you've had, uh, you, you've, you're great. You're looking great. Lost a lot of weight. But there's some behind that. You, yeah. You, but you really, truly are now in a healthier spot for a lot of reasons. Yes. Uh, so um, I, mm. you know, I, I, I lost the work at, at Geek and & Sundry and everything, and that was mm. hard to do, and that was hard to, to uh, like I really enjoyed that job. I, I loved everyone mm-hmm. I worked with. Um, you know, it it had its problems like any other job does. But you know, like it was mm-hmm. it was a, it was a struggle here and there. Um, but that was hard, and uh, it really hit my like my depression really like soaked that in like a sponge mm-hmm. and uh, made the next few months pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really decided to seek treatment. Uh, I was like, you know what? Like, I've been meditating, and I've I've found ways to mitigate and 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 sort of minimize uh, the depression. But that's it's now to a place where I need to address it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, was there some coach yelling, "No, get on the parallel bars"? <laughs> no, okay. there was not. Cool. Just checking. Just checking. Uh, uh, put some dirt at it, rock. <laughs> uh, no, there was nothing like that. Yeah. But you know, like it was like, you know, I I could tell that like that depression was like making me someone that I did not recognize mm-hmm. and that I didn't want to be. Um, mm-hmm. So like for myself and for the sake of the people that I, that I love you included, mm-hmm. um, I was like, I'm going to go get treatment. But I, in doing my research, I was like, I don't want to like, I had taken Wellbutrin and Wellbutrin was great. And Wellbutrin worked for me for a couple months and then it plateaued and it didn't. And I crashed really hard and it was bad, but Wellbutrin works for a lot of people and it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, uh, I realized that like taking like SSRIs like that is more like putting a bandaid on, on a gunshot. And it's like, mm-hmm. it keeps the blood <laughs> from flowing out a yeah. little bit, but like, it's not fixing the wound. I was like, I want to fix the wound. Like there's gotta be a way. And so, it's okay to put a bandaid on. That's it's part of the healing. That's process. part of the yeah. healing. Absolutely. Yeah. Do that. And if that's mm-hmm. what works best for you and that's what you want, no judgment, mm-hmm. do that for the rest of your life. If that's what you want to do. Um, it just wasn't, you know, like we were talking earlier, yeah. like be authentic to who you are to me. I wanted to treat it. Yeah. So I, I did a lot of research into like, uh, like psychedelics, like with, with, um, like acid, 
ecstasy or MDMA, I should say. Mm. Um, and there are some like really incredible treatments coming out of that. So mm. I, I found a, a psychiatrist um, in the Los Angeles area who like did was licensed to administer some of those treatments. And I went and spoke with her. She took my insurance, which was great. Um, and she was the one who introduced me to this this treatment that's called um, transcranial magnetic stimulation, mm. or TMS. Uh, basically, they put uh, they put a helmet on my head that makes me look like mm. I'm Professor X. Yeah, uh, or Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Or Doc Brown from Back. Yeah, Wait, back. What? What? Let me uh, guess your name. <laughs> um, and uh, it, like, I don't know how to explain the science necessarily, but uh, it would send a magnetic resonance of a particular frequency to a pinpointed place mm-hmm. uh, in my brain, on the left side of my brain, that is, uh, I think she referred to it as my my mood-regulating ganglia. Uh, and I it, would have called it the hurt locker. The, <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but essentially what happens is she, in doing that, it stimulates glucose production, and that increases that, that one region's mm neuroplasticity and neuroplasticity is what you need in order to rewrite your brain. Hmm. So she essentially uh, allowed that part of my brain to re, uh, rewire itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, the best way that uh, the, the, she put it to me was, you know, and like when you're, when you're a child, your brain is like, like mm-hmm. uh, a monster truck rally and yeah. you're all, all of the mud is wet and no tracks are being left. But as you grow older, the rain stops coming and the dirt solidifies and the, mm-hmm. the, those mud, the mud becomes ruts. Yeah. And then your thoughts get stuck in those ruts. And wow. that's, that's a natural process for the brain. That's how the brain yeah. works. That's how it matures. Um, but when you have depression, it hardens in ways that, get you stuck in loops that get you stuck in life that, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. like get you stuck in like different moods. It's like, it's, it wasn't that like, Oh, I'm so depressed. I'm sad. I wasn't like this emo kid. It was mm-hmm. like, I had like this weird hopelessness and, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you st- showed up in the scarf that one day. Yeah, it was yeah. a phase. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you mm-hmm. know, so she, she essentially like kind of rewet that track. Yeah. And that's amazing. That's a great yeah. way to look at it. Yeah. So I, uh, like after that happened, like the entire world opened up. Like it, it was, I, it was an intense, like it was intense. Like, yeah. you know, like I had to go in, I think it was like six weeks and I had to go in four times a week for 30 minutes a day mm. and just sit there and let this thing like zap yeah. me like every two seconds, it would send like a, a two second burst or every 10 seconds or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I would just sit there and watch Netflix cause she has a little ca- TV in her, That's her room amazing. Uh, and the, and the, and the procedure room. But would you watch uh, the He-Man reboot and scream at it? I, it, well, it wasn't out yet. Oh, okay. okay. It wasn't out yet. I, I actually watched a lot of nature documentaries. That's, that's the best. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to, and like documentaries on creativity and nature. That's what I watched yeah, the, the most. Um, but, um, this is great. So, yeah, yeah. So like it, it like, but that's like, that was, that was what allowed me to really pursue like, oh no, I can do this. I can, I can be a writer. Why have yeah. I been saying I can't be a writer? Why have I assumed that I can't be a writer? I can totally be a writer. Like it's going to be hard. It's a very hard thing to become, and it's a very mm-hmm. hard thing to do, and it's a hard thing to break into the industry. It's impossible to write a pilot, mm-hmm. like you know, like yeah. I, I I have no idea how people do it, but it's a skill that can be learned, and if that's the case, then I can learn how to do it. I just have yeah. to keep at it, you know. So like my entire outlook on the world switched almost. It I know it was gradual, but like it felt like overnight. It just like, yeah. oh, I can do yeah. this. Why I get you? 
why have I been saying that I can't do this for 10 years? I'm going to, yeah. like, it's going to be a long road. I, you know, I may have to get like odd jobs here and there to help, yeah. su- you know, support the family and everything. Me too. Uh, but to support um, your family. Yeah. Thank you for that yeah. support. I appreciate it. Um, but you know, like this is what I want to do. I want to, yeah. I want to be a writer. I want to write TV. I want to write films. I want to, um, you know, I'm building a website right now. Like mm. uh, it's a learning curve cause I don't understand what WordPress or, or Photoshop, <laughs> but you know, I'm building that and I'm learning how to create Pixlr. I'll uh, teach you Pixlr. Thanks. Yeah, please. Uh, I'm, you know, you're, you're teaching me how to create a podcast cause I want to, mm. I want to do a podcast, you know? So like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm starting to line up a lot of things that I've always wanted to do and just didn't have the right mindset for it. And now I do. So yeah. I'm pushing forward and doing. You're it. stuck in some ruts, I, which I, I love. Yeah. The I, 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 yeah, that's. Uh, I always say, and this is a general uh, thing of just like for me, de- depression alone was that. F- I, it was a friend I loved hanging out with. Yeah, and it, and it can still be. Like I said, Tuesday this week, I, I was hanging out with that friend. It was yeah. a good time. We went for a walk in the park. Just me and my pal depression because it's great. It's fun sometimes. It feels it. You know, you're, no, it's that like, rut because that's what your brain knows. Like, it, oh, we function like this. This, this is, is a this fun is just thing. We, it's, yeah. it, it, like, there is like an element of like addiction to it. Like, a hundred percent. Which does not take away when I say depression is a bit of an addiction, does not mean that it's not chemical, that I that I don't have uh, yeah. empathy. Or, it's just like sometimes I even see people online, friends of ours tweeting, just spiraling on Twitter. And I'm just like, I get it. I've been there. Yeah. You are a little bit addicted to this friend you have. Yeah. And you're not willing to, to work on it or it's uh, impossible right now or you don't have access to the help you need. And yeah. I feel for them and I yeah. see it. Yeah. That's what I mean by that when I say it's an addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Along the way, because yeah, eventually Kaika wants to go home. He's, he's going to uh-huh. cook some vegan food tonight. He told oh, that's me. nice. Uh, he's not. He's going to cook a steak. Um uh, you you had some actual health issues here. Talk a minute or two about what's going on because it's uh, it's quite a change. You're you're over in the corner sticking yourself with something over there. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I I found out I had type one diabetes last year. Surprise! Uh, surprise! Happy 2020. <laughs> uh, but you know, like it's uh, it my my wife and I have mm-hmm. like adapted. Like it's you know it's yeah. it's. You know, it's, were it's, you feeling stuff along the way? Or is it just like, yeah, you know, like probably around like May or June of last year, I started feeling really sick all the time. Like I would mm-hmm. wake up and like would just feel nauseous all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started, I, I was drinking like 20 to 30 glasses of water a day. I mm-hmm. just could not Couldn't. keep it down. And, um, you know, Brittany was like, babe, or like that's, that's a mm-hmm. lot of water. And like for me, I was like, but water is a healthy drink. Like mm-hmm, I'm just, mm-hmm, I'm being mm-hmm. like, this is, I'm just have a high desire to be healthy. Yeah. My body was dehydrated because mm. there was so much sugar in my blood. It was like absorbing all the hydration. <laughs> it uh, was like, calm yeah. down, Twinkie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go figure some stuff and out. Then, and then that like, so I, after uh, about probably six weeks of feeling just really awful every day, mm-hmm. like the best way I can say it is that like I, I had all of the Halloween candy overnight. Like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like when you're a kid and you go get all the candy, like, and you wake up oh, sick it's the just, next day. Oh, it's just when you're a kid? Oh, okay. <laughs> mm. uh, I, I, I woke up feeling that way every day. Mm-hmm. And for, after six weeks, of it, I've got to go see the doctor. Yeah. And the doctor was like, did a blood test, called me back about a week later and was like, hey, like, according to the blood test, you've, you're diabetic. You're going to need to go see an endocrinologist. <laughs> you're dead. Uh, and I was like, Duh, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so went and saw it. I have a wonderful endocrinologist. Um, and, uh, you know, she was like, yeah, like this is, it's type one. Your pancreas yep. isn't making insulin anymore. So uh, let's make it for here's, you. here's this prescription, this prescription, this prescription, this prescription, this prescription. 
and uh, yeah, you know, I I, I have uh, a, something called the Freestyle Libra mm-hmm. on my arm now. That's right. Mm. Uh, Is see. that a a little sensor right there. Oh, okay. And that, like, I thought that, that was an MTV comedy rap improv show. <laughs> no, uh, 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 but like I can use my phone to check my blood sugar and everything. So Amazing. Instead of having to like prick my finger prick. all the time. Um, wow. So how does it feel to? Ha- I mean, I guess you don't have to, but to have to make these changes and to f- like you got to process it. Uh, I mean, it was at the time it was tough because like yeah. we were in the middle of the pandemic and it was like. I was oh, like yeah, that little thing. Yeah, that whole thing. I was like, we like my brain is like working like in a <laughs> relatively healthy manner. This is amazing. And yeah. I've I've got diabetes now in the middle yep. of a pandemic. Like what yeah. like what? Um so, you know, but again, like my my wife is amazing and and immediately was like doing research online for mm-hmm. like how to treat it, what we need to get for it to have to make mm-hmm. me even more comfortable, you know, yeah. like because I have to travel with my insulin. Right. Uh, and I have to travel with like sugar. So I've got gummy bears with me all the time. Yeah. Um, and uh, I need to like on a, you know, I know I had Taco Bell before we got here and I had. To I wasn't going to tell court, anybody. But uh, uh, no, but like, you know, I'm vulnerable and real. Like, it's cool. Uh, I'm not going to. I don't need to hide that. Like, um, uh, it was like, but that has to like, that's a, a, like an indulgence. That's yeah, like, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, like I, I stay away from carbs as best as I can. Like whenever we go out to a restaurant, you know, like mm-hmm. it's like, all right, well, let's look at what I should have versus yeah. what I want, you know, and mm-hmm. then I weigh my options there. You know, we like pizza's a treat instead of a go-to. Sushi's a treat. Inst- like a sushi has so much carbs in the rice, I you know, know, so. That used to be our writing staple. Yeah. Yeah, I, I that and tacos. Yeah, it, like even like tacos. Like yeah. you know, I have to be careful. You and I are gonna get the burrito. Yeah, but like every Thursday night, you, me, Matt Mercer, Jack Conway would meet to write, and I knew in my head, I'm like sushi or tacos. Yep, yep, yep. Or Brittany would make some kind of nice taco uh, t- table. You know, yep. tacos. But we used to go down the street to the taco place too, so I can connect that. Yeah. Um, in fact, when I go to your house now, I just start drooling. You're like, what's going on? I'm like, yeah, Pavlovian sushi. response. Yeah. Oh, I need those sushi. tacos. Sushi. <laughs> sushi, sushi tacos. tacos. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So like it was, it was a thing to adapt to, but like, honestly, like I have to eat right and work out. I was already yeah, doing that. You're already so, all right. But now you just have to. Now I just have to, <laughs> you know. Oh man, uh, Heroes Reforged, check it in, uh, check out that channel, wonderful uh, group over there, Matt Key, what a gem, I agree with that. Oh, uh, yeah. thank you. I never know, Heroes, if it's if it's Augie, Hector, or Adam who uh, <laughs> writes that, I just assume they all I just love take those, one, I just love all those guys. One letter at a time, it's three. All right, we have a couple minutes left here, did I, can I, can I give you that title card? You still there? This one? Hey, it's our final segment of the day to tell the truth. Matt, I have three questions for oh, you man. Uh, that are pretty specific to your life, but hopefully connect everyone here. All right. It's not rapid fire or anything. Okay. That's a Josh Makuga staple. This is specific questions about you. So, we, you know, we're not, we don't get five minutes uh, sure. for each. Uh, you know, I know because you and I are storytellers. Yeah, 100%. Because yeah. the first question will. Very long winded. If we have more time, this first question would be a two hour addition to the podcast. Oh, All right. So first question and to tell the truth. You've met Bill Murray. What is the one thing you wished you said to him? And there's the oh proof. My God. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is uh, the proof. Oh, geez. This that's is a so fantastic funny. story that literally uh, you have a, like, 45-minute version of the story. That's uh-huh, amazing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, you met what, Bill Murray outside Acme Comedy. What What do I wish that I had what said to What did you wish you say to him? Because give, give the 30-second truncated version of this story. 
Uh, oh, geez. I don't know how to do that. Um, <laughs> uh, I had found out that he was at Acme. I rushed down there just to see him. Get I searched for him. Yeah. Uh, I searched for him for like an mm. hour and then finally found him right as he was going to his car. And then I couldn't help myself and I screamed out his name like, <laughs> like a fucking idiot, like a stalker. I was like, Bill Murray! And he stopped and like he literally approached me like, are you going to kill me? Like, was <laughs> I was like, and I had to like just calm down and be like, I'm sorry. I'm just a huge fan. And I like, and yeah. he gave me like great advice on being a comedian and how important comedy is yeah. and how the world needs comedy. And he, I mean, he talked to me for like five minutes and he was. A, and then a, he took that picture with your camera. Yeah, put that put that back up for you guys. Yeah, so he, Bill's holding your phone. Is it or no? It's like it was. A, this was like, like a digital camera. This was a digital camera. Yeah, this is before I had a camera phone. This is like 2006, <laughs> probably 2007. And what people don't realize, uh, and, and you'll you'll need to tell a story on your new podcast, even though it's a philosophy podcast. I want people to go listen to that. Yeah. That is not a joke face you're making. That no, is no, your real I'm, face. You did not know you were. Making. I did not know I was making that face the entire time. And like, no wonder he was like talking to me the whole time. He's like, oh, this. Sweet summer child, it's just this like, sketch kid, this, this trying to get on SNL, sketch kid, like oh my god, this poor <laughs> sketchy kid. So what is one thing you oh, didn't get to say a lot to him because you were looking like that while you were meeting him? Oh, <laughs> what is uh, one thing you wish you said to him? You know, I, I don't know. I I feel like I said what I wanted to say. Like I, I, uh. I no, I I told him I was a huge fan and that. I was I was trying to get into comedy and that I was seeking that profession mm-hmm. in large part because of him and that I was grateful for the the laughter that he had given to my family and to myself and that he had encouraged me to like that mm-hmm. he was such an inspiration for me to come out here like I I don't I I can think of like you, you know I I wish that I wish that I had had the courage then that I do now because then I would have been like can can we will you let me buy you a drink? Yeah, you want to get tacos? You want to go? Hey, do you want to go get tacos somewhere? Because he seems like he's the kind of guy who would say yes yeah. to that. Not because he's a celebrity or anything else. You'd be like, well, well this that, kid's that, interesting. That sure. documentary is spectacular. Yeah, the docu. Yeah. You know, like like uh, right, so. I, I I I I wish it's not something that I wish I had said. It's that I think back on it. I'm like, man, I wish I'd asked him if he would like, let me buy him a drink. I got you. Because that would have been a fascinating conversation to sit at a table with him for like 30 minutes, yeah. 40 minutes, whatever. Love and just that. Okay. That's, no, go back you, and forth. you wish you were a little bit more in your shoes. Yeah. And a little more sure who you are. Yeah. That's a great question. You met Bill Murray. I have not. Yeah. Uh, another time we'll talk about the Bill Murray birthday parties he used to have and how yeah, Bill Murray too. almost, uh, in a weird connection, almost ended up at one of the parties. Yep. All right. Next question coming in. We got two. Uh, what's the one luxury? I don't have a picture about this one. What's the one luxury, other than a working shower, which I would say a given, that you wish you could bring to Burning Man every time you go? You're a burner. True. You weren't a burner when I first met you. You're uh, a burner now. A total burner now. Um, what's the one luxury? Air conditioning. Okay. I almost I almost thought of excluding that one, but then some people like it hot. Yeah. No, I, I wish that like I, I, I prefer to I prefer to live in the event and be in the event and be present in the event and mm-hmm. having the heat as a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um because like you you and there's this weird thing of like because you've endured the heat, like yeah. you're rewarded with the fun that you get to have out there. Yeah. Um, I mean I don't know. I'm yeah. in a hill. <laughs> I'm gonna be in the yeah. hotel lobby drinking. But, uh there are there are times that I'm like, man, I wish I just had an air conditioner okay. to go to. Like That's there's w- there was this one year that we were camped across from this camp uh, called Missed Opportunity, and it was spelled M I S T. And 
you would walk in there and they had this giant like um, PVC pipe uh, structure that was covered with aluminate and aluminum kind of mm-hmm. siding. So none of the sun's rays could get in. So none of the heat from outside could get in. And they had air conditioning and misters going on inside of it. Love so it. it was like a consistent 65 degrees inside. And we just... Was that Susan Sarandon's tent? Yeah, probably. So. We just stayed there the whole time. We were okay. like every single day, it'd be like, I would you guys want to get a couple too. of drinks and head over to Missed Opportunity and just sit there for a few hours? That's exactly what I want to do. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Final one coming in here today. Um, now, I officiated uh, you and Brittany's wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a uh, nerve-wracking but rewarding experience yeah. for me. Um, yeah. You were great. I still have it. Spe- I still have it written out. We yeah. didn't tape it, so no. I don't have my set tape, yeah. uh, but I have the jokes for the night. Um, what's the one thing you worried about before getting married that ended up never being a problem? Whoa, that is a good you question. You 20 seconds to answer. Um, <laughs> man... I don't know. Like, I, I don't really think I was worried about getting married. Like, I knew I was mm-hmm. in love with Brittany, and, I, I, you know, I I think maybe I was a, you know, I, I think everyone is like, oh, man, I, I hope that we don't fight. But, like, that's a stupid worry because, of course, yeah. you're going to, like, have arguments and disagreements. Like, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. that's what happens when two people are compromising the same space with each other, you know? So, like. It's a romantic way to say it, too. Uh, is it? Com- no, it's not. <laughs> no, I was like compromising the same space. Sounds very militaristic. Uh, As my lady will have over there. We compromise <laughs> the same space. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, man. I, okay. Uh, Fair enough. I, I I don't know. Like, I, I'm I'm really not trying to dodge the answer. I just I just honestly don't know. I think that's a good sign. Um, I, I wasn't really worried about anything. I You know, like. I think maybe like there's always that worry like oh man like am I am I doing the right thing like mm-hmm. am, am I marrying the right woman am am I gonna st- like are are we in love with each other like for real like because this is for life and but I, I don't really feel like I even had that worry like that was maybe like three percent in the back of my head like what mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. kind of, it wasn't even it wasn't a worry or an anxiety it was a what if okay and. It's been the opposite of that. It's like, it. you know, I'm more in love with her now than I've ever been. I you know, love like it. The 10 years, 11 years together, five years married this this year. So right. five yeah. years ago, five years. You had a great taco bar at your wedding. Yeah, we did. Uh, were you ever worried about any jokes I was going to tell? in the? Because, uh... uh-uh. again, like same with Josh uh-uh. and Amanda's I fish the way. I don't tell. I didn't tell you anything before. We had a little. Yeah, you know, no. here's what we need. Here's things you don't want to say. Da, da. Yeah. Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, Quoted Doctor Who in your wedding. Yeah. Vows, vows, ceremony, peace, whatever. Yeah. You did the vows. I did. I don't know. Yeah, I did. Yeah, whatever. Whatever I did the vows. Yeah. Uh, Matt, this is wonderful. This has been wonderful. This has been everything I've wanted this uh, show to be. I've had some wonderful guests uh, before, and they they brought their honesty and brought their truths, and uh, you just to continue that tradition. So thank you Uh, so much, my friend. Uh, We're almost out of here. They've been. They can follow you down below there, and they get updates on when you uh, build that uh, web blog zone. Web blog zone and uh, your podcast. You're finally getting this podcast. I have been interviewed three times for the pilot episode of your podcast. You, Mm -hmm. for people Mm -hmm. that don't know, Matt Key was actually the first guest of the Knapsack Files back in 2013. Mm -hmm. Uh, So. 2013. 2013. Yeah, 2013. Wow. Recorded on some Radio Shack mics. It sounds like it's underwater, but it's great. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, podcast it. coming out soon. Yeah, the skeleton key. Hopefully, uh, um, you know, I, I'm recording a couple other episodes and uh, going to talk to you about like yeah. where to host it and all that stuff. But yeah, like I'm, uh, I'm hoping to have it out in the next couple months. So keep great. watching my my socials. Love it. 
Love it. Love that. Love Matt Key. Love having Matt come into the show today. We got to let a Kaika go. He's been here since, I don't know, 7 a.m. a Kaika? No, 8 a.m. When did you get here? Early? Do you live here? 8.30. 8.30. We're going to finally let him go. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Ken Goes Live. You can follow me at Ken Knapsack. You can go to my website, KenKnapsack.com. Get information on those shows forthcoming and more things to be announced. Thank you for supporting us here at the GPA, the GPA.fun. Thanks uh, for anyone that's Streamlabbed and uh, Super Chatted today. We appreciate the support around these parts. We really do. But we also appreciate you out there uh, helping us find the good and spreading the word about what we do here around these parts. That's it for this show. I'll see you in two weeks, friends. Bye.